to Knives Out Minute. This is the Group Movie Minute podcast where we break down the 2019 Ryan Johnson whodunit, Knives Out, and we're going to break it down one minute of screen time at a time. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, we are breaking down Minute 24, which opens with Lieutenant Elliot saying that the Thromby house looks like a clue board and ends with Benoit Blanc asking Marta about her employment arrangement. Well, here's someone who has a recording arrangement with us. She's here all week. She is the host of the Not Another Bad Movie podcast. It's Megan Tripp. Welcome back to the show, Megan. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. From sunny and glamorous Florida, as opposed (laughs) to cold. I mean, today it's rainy, but at least it's not cold. It's never cold. Well, we don't know when this is dropping, so for all I know, it's (laughs) snowing there when everyone's listening to this, but let's get to the house, because I love this moment where Lieutenant Elliot calls the house a clue board, because moments like that, I think, are kind of critical for a film like this, where it's a little wink to the camera, as if to say, yeah, yeah, we know this is a little absurd, we know what this looks like. And it kind of diffuses it and it makes you wonder, the, the audience doesn't have to wonder, do they know this feels like we're playing Clue right now? I said, yeah, yeah, we do. And even the characters do at this point. And to me, it allows us to have a little bit of fun and takes a little bit of air out of that proverbial balloon. Yeah, that character is um, kind of our more, most normal character. Because <laughs> Benoit is, is, you know, kind of over the top, always has a cigar and is doing his whole Southern gentleman kind of shtick and is kind of have flowery language all the time. And uh, the Lieutenant's just not that guy. He's very by the book, nothing to see here. Let's move on. Well, it's what he was saying in the previous scene is like, uh, you got to tell me what, what we're doing here. Of course, it's played by the great Lakeith Stanfield, who we mentioned was in uh, get out. And the last time we saw him in a beautiful house like this, he was, had a much different character and a much different reaction in Get Out. So it's nice to see him in a much better place, and at least with full use of his brain uh, in this <laughs> film. But it, it's... Spoilers for Get Out. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, we'll, we'll deal with that. We'll deal with that in uh, in Get Out Minute. But he, he is the... It, it's critical that you have to have the normal human being in this film because you're right between the cast between the um thromby family yeah the thromby family and marta seems pretty normal but the next minute we're going to discover there's something a smidge abnormal about her and so yeah he's uh he's the voice of reason here but of course it's going to be we're not going to go see a straightforward uh, suicide here. Of course, there's something bonkers happening. Otherwise, there'd be no movie, would there? <laughs> there would be none. There would be none. Well, we go back inside the house. Of course, it's a different house, which is the interior as opposed to the exterior. And 
we see, I, I love details like this where essentially Christopher Plummer, obviously he is an incredible actor, but he feels like he's in the movie a lot more than he actually is. Yeah. And of course, a part of that is the fact that everyone's talking about him throughout the film. But also there's that amazing painting, which is uh, becomes a character in the movie itself. That, yeah, he's, yeah, the the way that the way that he is peering at you throughout the entire film, and he's literally holding a knife, <laughs> <laughs> and and seems to be staring down Marta and making Marta afraid. By the way, I, I'm I'm sure someone else is going to make this point as well in the previous episode, but that painting was not there when they shot the scene. That was added later. They didn't have the painting ready for when they shot the interior scenes in Easton, Massachusetts. So what you're seeing there has been uh, digitally inserted into the shot. And I personally love when CGI and special effects are used like that, where you don't even know. In fact, if I didn't mention it or if anyone didn't know that, you would just assume someone went to the art department, painted a picture of Christopher Plummer and hung it up right there. But that was uh, that's added later. I, I would not have known that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, IMDb Trivia, which, by the way, um, <laughs> I'm hoping is right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anyone – if it's incorrect – uh, I read that on IMDb Trivia and one of those clickbait sites that says 58 things you didn't know about Knives Out. Number 32 will blow your mind. You know, <laughs> And you got to click on 5,000 things and a bunch of United Airlines ads or stuff for you know, Casper mattress ads you're trying to click past. And yet I always click on them. I am, I'm, I'm a sucker. So... Well, it seemed to pay off this time. <laughs> Big pardon? It paid off this time. Hopefully, yes. If that's yes. true. <laughs> yeah, it did. Well, I wanted to have it, you know, you know, more than one, uh, more than one source on that. So, um, you know, uh, Ana de Armas, is that how you pronounce the name? Um, I assume. Yeah. But she is, it's funny that they, throughout the film, they, no one seems to know what country her, her family is from as they keep throwing different uh, Caribbean and South American countries at her. Um, in real life, she's from Cuba and she didn't learn English until she moved to Los Angeles and started auditioning. And obviously it's worked out because <laughs> she seems to be joined at the hip with Daniel Craig right now, um, both in this film and she's going to be in the upcoming Bond film. So you know, good for you. Good. Daniel Craig seems like a good guy to, to hook up with there. But I love how she's nervously fidgeting. I just love there's so much going on. And she so obviously looks like a guilty party. <laughs> yeah, she's in this enormous bench. So she can't, like, be seated comfortably, even if she wasn't fidgeting but because her feet aren't flush on the floor she finds herself wiggling her leg and that's that's where how we get introduced to her in this particular scene is just through her fidgeting the fidgeting and, and thromby staring at her right <laughs> you know it's 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 so weird when you get a pictures that that freak you out like you know i i just 
it is true though. It's one of the things I'm not a big art guy, but one thing I do love when I go have gone to museums and you see there's like portraits of you know, people from the past, the Earl of this or the Duchess of that. And that was what they had instead of selfie sticks is they had someone grabbing a damn canvas and, and basically taking your, your picture. That's those, when you go to a museum and see all those things there, that's a photo booth at the amusement park essentially is what you're seeing. And I love when you see someone who looks unusual, like there's, there'll, there'll be like a scar on their face or like maybe one side of their, like one eye is definitely slightly crossed or you see there's something messed up with their lip and it's, you know that they didn't add that detail because they were angry and that they were these beautiful looking Brad Pitt people. You know, you could know that that they captured something that was totally accurate. And whenever I see a picture like that, I, I just feel a connection to someone who's long gone. Like I'm look, that's what that, that's what that person, that woman, that man looked like that. And, um, they can't do the duck face to you know make them look sexy, but that just I mean that, that would that, be a very long time to hold that face. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, that's one of the things that when people see like paintings and people you know look very stately or like early photographs, like you see like Abe Lincoln and he sits there sitting very seriously, it's because they had to sit there for a long time. You know they can't just you know, they can't hold a smile that long, no matter what. And so, the whole idea of say cheese is uh, was when you could do a snapshot, but like you know when it was you have to sit there and we remove the lens cap and the piece of you know whether it's a derogatype or the film or whatever it is gets exposed. It takes a while. <laughs> so that's why everyone thought Abe was looked the super serious stiff dude when in reality he was this he was a cut up. Do we know that he was a cut up? <laughs> well he 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 we know that he was constantly telling jokes. Like he had a book of jokes and he would he would uh he would throw jokes in to any anecdote that he was telling or at any point he was like, that reminds me of when the thing I heard about the lobster fisherman and the sheep. And like, oh, and then he would go on. And I, I, I don't know if that was a real one. I just, I, I just <laughs> created it. Um, how do we get, oh, it's because of the connection to the, someone who's Painting. dead. That's right. All right. Back, back to the movie. Um, she's fidgeting. And the, another thing I looked up in my little, internet research here was there was a style i believe if i read this correctly there's a style of picture and art that you see like in the stained glass window and some of the paintings you see that involve skulls and skeletons and a style called memento mori which loosely Ooh. means remember we're all gonna die <laughs> And the picture that she, when she sort of nervously, she hears them speaking and she goes over to the window to kind of press her ear to hear what they're trying to say. And the picture that she, that she's leaning against and eventually uh, Benoit Blanc's eyeball finds the little area to have him peek in is this death skeleton interacting with what looks like to be a wealthy man. So yeah, he's holding to on say, to a skull. 
Yeah, and as if to say, even those well off will are none of us are immune. Death finds us all. Yeah, which is, uh, I guess, kind of a that's an apt type of uh, uh, style of art for this particular you know, particular minute here. Yeah. But yeah, and that's uh, and and when she comes in, she can hear them whispering there. Yeah, it's a skeleton handing a skull yeah. to what looks like a wealthy man, and then Benoit's eye pops right into the little window there, and we go into I the love greenhouse. That yeah, I love that little um, musical sting there. Yeah, like, gotcha. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and amongst, amongst the skeleton, it's like he comes in and replaces the skeleton's head there. So, um, but yeah, Benoit is, uh, gives her the little look there and out they go into the enclosed patio that I personally love. Some might call it a Florida room. A Florida room. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll take your word for that. You know better than me. <laughs> Um, another piece of uh, half-baked internet research that I did, Ana Armas has heterochromia, which means she has green eyes with a brown, not a black center to her eyes. Which what, I like guess, her pupils? Like are her pupils are not black, lighter? they're brown. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I yeah. did not notice that. Yep, and I do you know what I did not back that up with anything. I just found that written somewhere, <laughs> so that could be total bunk. But <laughs> here's one thing that I love about uh, when um, when Benoit invites her out is that is the the trooper immediately was like, "No, we don't need you. <laughs> Tell her you just wait outside," and of course. We know that she is critical to whatever it is they're looking for, and the state trooper would have immediately been like, "We don't need to talk to you. Go back inside. We're 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 you know you're not important right now." And Benoit wanted you know at least consents that there is something critical to have her there, and so she he brings her on and starts to grill her on their working arrangement. And there we go. Hey, let me uh, let me throw this one at you here. Um, there is rumors, at least I don't know if this is happening or not, that there would be a uh, further adventures of Benoit Blanc, a potential sequel. I don't. I hope they don't call it Knives Out Two. Uh, if they do, I hope it's T O O instead <laughs> of the number two. But uh, what are your thoughts about a potential sequel involving Daniel Craig's character and maybe Ana de Armas's character? I mean, I'm not sure how she would be involved. Yeah. Uh, if it was a, a whole separate mystery involving a separate incident. Um, or maybe if it's just like, you know, the way Columbo comes in and has a whole other crime he has to solve that would be a uh, I guess the easiest way to do it would be here's a crime that Benoit Blanc has to solve right a, a new family and everything assume. um yeah I I mean I like Benoit he's not like the main reason I I like this movie but 
if it was still going to um, have the same sensibility um, where it is kind of larger than life and, and kind of mm-hmm. winking at the audience and had plenty of humor in it, then I'd, I'd, I'd be for it. Uh, it wouldn't even necessarily have to be um, like a murder mystery. It could be any sort of caper. And I yeah, think be- yeah, that's a good, you know, I, I know, I guess what he wants to do is trying to turn him into like, like Poirot was for uh, Agatha Christie and plop him into, you know, was it death on the Nile and murder on the Orient express and everything. I, I was talking about this with someone else. I'm, we may talk about this in a later episode too. I would like to see them bring this exact cast back together. Everyone, Michael Shannon, uh, if they can bring back Christopher Plummer, Daniel Craig, Anna Armas, uh, you know, Lakeith, everyone, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, everyone back, Tony Collette. And, but have nobody play the same characters. Now they're doing it. It's like a company. They have this be a company, Chris Evans, be a company of actors. And now they're going to do a different genre, maybe a film noir, or maybe like a Western, or maybe a, like a, a, a road caper or something like that. And just give everyone totally different parts that they can sink their teeth into. I would rather see something like that. I mean, kind of similar to like how American Horror Story brings back some of the same actors for each season, but they get to play different parts. Uh, I would be more interested in Ryan Johnson, the, them being the Ryan Johnson players, than uh, having, you know, uh, a Daniel Craig wander in and do, just do the whole thing with another rich family. You know, this isn't a this isn't murder she wrote. So right, right, yeah, I think that would be fun too. Um, you know, if I if I had enough po- if I had enough power in Hollywood, we would be doing that. So. <laughs> it would already be done. <laughs> I know we'd be all in. All right. Well, look, we're wrapping up minute twenty-four here, but minute twenty-five things get a little bit interesting when Benoit starts to grill Marta a little bit about what she may or may not know. So, hey, where can people find your stuff and listen to your stuff, Megan Tripp? Uh, you can listen to Not Another Bad Movie podcast. Any of the usual spots you listen to podcasts. And um, you can go to not another bad movie podcast.libsyn.com and it's there too. And if you want to follow it on Twitter, you can. It's NABM podcast. All right. Well, look at as Marta sits down and gets ready to be grilled, we will see if Benoit is right, thinking that she has something to do with the death on the next episode of Knives Out.